Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is T. Persad. I'm a lawyer, a consultant, and a mediator here at CPLSPA. Uh, uh, over the years, we've been thinking about the idea of uh, introducing leaders within the legal profession to others within the legal profession, particularly younger lawyers and other lawyers who've been practicing for some time. And we've been trying to materialize, materialize this idea. Uh, as most of you know, we've been doing uh, weekly seminars for lawyers and for mediators free of charge. Uh, for over a year now, um, and uh, Mr. Leon Hanley, who sits to my right, has been attending some of these seminars, and over that period of months, we've been able to develop uh, uh, a relationship uh, where we have been ex able to exchange some interesting stories about our experiences in the military, uh, our experiences practicing law, and our life experiences in general. Uh, so one weekend, we thought about uh, putting together a leadership forum and I couldn't think of anyone else that I would rather have kick off that series other than Leon Handley. Uh, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce Leon Handley uh, to everyone. Now let me give you a little bit of uh, background on, on Mr. Handley if you don't know already. Uh, he was born on September 9th, 1927 in Polk County, uh, Florida. He's a fourth generation Floridian. Now if you uh, account for each generation being at least uh, 20 years, then you're looking at his family being in Florida from the mid-1800s. Uh, Mr. Hanley is 91 years old. He has been practicing law in the state of Florida from since 1951. He's been a member of the Florida Bar for uh, 68 years and counting. He has represented uh, large companies. He has represented government agencies. He's represented uh, individuals. Uh, he has even represented uh, strange animals at times. <laughs> uh, he, I had the good fortune of reading his uh, memoir that was um, written by a friend of his. It's called Made Please the Court, um, in which uh, Leon accounts uh, for his life work from his first days in the Merchant Marines up until uh, his most recent days of practicing law. Uh, it was a very good read. If any of you are interested, I'm sure Leon will make available a copy of the memoirs for you uh, to read. If you're in Central Florida, I think it will be a fantastic opportunity to not only learn about the practice of law in Florida for over 60 years, but uh, the, the politics in Central Florida and the state of Florida in general, uh, and uh, how many of the large firms in Florida uh, became to be formed and how they uh, garnered the reputation that they have today. Leon, it is a pleasure. Uh, to you. Uh, have you here with us today, and I thank you very much for agreeing to uh, participate. It's my pleasure. It's quite an honor, and I appreciate it very much, and I especially appreciate you good people for attending here today <laughs> to listen to the regurgitations of an old country lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout your life, your physical health has been pretty important. Yes. And, and as a leader, how important is that in terms of your ability to continue working hard over a long period of time and not getting, getting tired? There's an old expression uh, of, among flyers, Paul Hallier back there is a great flyer, uh, that they're old pilots and bold pilots, but they're not any old bold pilots. <laughs> and I just got a message today that four lawyers were killed in Lake Okeechobee. Did you all get that message? 
You know, I, I knew the, about that plane crash that uh, clobbered in and killed the pilot and four passengers, but I didn't realize they were lawyers. And one of them was a member of the, the Florida Defense Lawyers Association, and uh, I was not aware of that until today. But uh, 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 we don't know the cause of the crash, of course. But um, my philosophy has been, and I don't want to offend anyone who's large, but uh, uh, to be a trial lawyer, you're going to have to be strong. And strong in the faith, strong in your emotional uh, status, and strong physically. You've got to be strong, else uh, just wear you down. Uh, one of my very good friends down in uh, Miami, I was in the Supreme Court waiting to argue, and I saw him. I went out to go to the head uh, before the, my case was called, and uh, uh, there was uh, Art just pacing up and down, sweating like a field hand writing a love letter, and uh, smoking a cigarette, just... Uh, I said, Arthur, are you ill? What's the matter? And he said, my nerves are gone. I have destroyed my nervous system. I can't do it anymore. This is my last appearance. If I can get through this, I am not trying any more cases. I'm not having any more court appearances. And he was a great, big, jovial Irishman. And uh, it had just worn him down. Well, the courtroom, to me, was uh, uh, really the place of solace. The phone didn't ring. <laughs> Nobody was bugging me about a deadline. And by the way, the mistakes are remembered long after the deadlines are forgotten. That's one to write down. And uh, uh, I just uh, reveled. I just, it was just uh, grist for my mill to be in there with things just going on, pow, 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 things going to Hades in a hand satchel, and, uh, and you're there, <laughs> uh, Horatio at the bridge, <laughs> Leonidas <laughs> holding off the enemy, and uh, it's just exhilarating, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, due to this day, but they won't let me over there anymore. They say I'm too old. Now, usually in the first uh, uh, 10 years of practice, uh, lawyers uh, experience a great deal of frustration, uh, excitement, hope, relief, anxiety, and uncertainty. Yep. Um, what type of uh, emotions were you experiencing during that first 10 years? Uh, hope, uncertainty, relief, anxiety. <laughs> All of the above. All of the above. <laughs> yes, uh, well, uh, I got to practice. I got to uh, practice law in the courtroom. I got to try cases. We had plenty of cases to try, and Parker Lee and I would split them up, and uh, we would we would get younger lawyers in to help us. And uh, and Parker Lee, of course, went on the circuit bench. Uh, Ferris Bryant appointed him. Ferris was was my friend and fraternity brother from Ocala. So when he got real active in politics. He was Speaker of the House. He asked me to travel with him, and uh, I just couldn't do it. I had a family, 
and uh, was trying cases. And my father-in-law uh, said, don't do it. My senior partner said, don't do it. <laughs> they wanted me working. <laughs> and uh, Parker Lee got very active with uh, Ferris Bride. And the second time, uh, uh, Ferris uh, ran against Leroy, Leroy Collins. Uh, when Leroy, uh, uh, who had run for the bobtail uh, two years left when Dan McCarty died, uh, he died in office about 30 days. And the, and the uh, president of the Senate, Charlie Johns, became acting governor. Charlie Johns was a re relative of mine from Stark. My mother was born there, well-named town. And uh, she was born in the jailhouse there. So was her mother, right? And her mother was born in the same jailhouse for the same reason. Their fathers were sheriff. <laughs> and the sheriff was also the jailer. Uh, six of them were murdered in one 30-year period during this time. And six deputy sheriffs and six town marshals. Uh, it was uh, the wild and wicked west in those days. Florida was the dumping ground for every criminal east of the Mississippi. And uh, the law was the law of the holstered gun. And uh, it was, uh, it was a, a tough place. How, how did, Leon, how did you, how did you overcome those, those uh, emotions of anxiety, uncertainty, and frustration during those early years? Uh, well, uh, uh, the good Lord gave me, uh, uh, at that time, a very strong body. It wasn't very pretty, but it was strong. Uh, a workman's body, uh, uh, short legs and arms and a long torso, and long neck. And he gave me a very durable mind that could take uh, victory and defeat and get over both. Because uh, it's tough sometimes to get over uh, victory, uh, uh, tougher than to get over defeat. And uh, so uh, I just uh, applied myself and uh, fortunately I uh, had some, some good results and uh, had a, uh, I never had to fall out of a lawsuit because of illness except one time <coughs> I passed a, a stone uh, from the gallbladder and uh, it uh, it put me in the hospital and uh, that was the only time I ever had to withdraw from a case. I've been so sick that every every break I would lie down on the bench uh, on one of the benches just try to get my head to quit hurting, but uh, I never, never had to fall out. Dur during this time, Leon, how, how important was uh, uh, the direction that you received, the training that you received, the mentoring and the coaching? Well, I would have enjoyed getting some. <laughs> Did you, in fact, get any from the first firms that you work with? I got a lot of wisdom from my senior partner, a lot of wisdom. I remember one time a long time client 
We had represented him, he and I, uh, for 50 years. Uh, went to another firm. And he said to me, and there was raised up a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. <laughs> he was a very, very godly man, a very good Bible scholar, and he was, he was uh, just uh, was full of wisdom. And uh, one time, uh, a real hair razor occurred. It was just awful. Golly. And uh, when we got through it, uh, he was aware of it. I was taking the laboring oar. He said, you know, you're never the same after something like this. But I didn't get any training. I trained myself. And uh, I just figured it out. Uh, the jury, they're, they're folks just like I was, just like the folks who raised me. And I've seen people that walked in the, in the box and they could have been my father's brother. I knew exactly where they were coming from. I knew exactly how they thought. I knew it just like I knew the back of my hand. And uh, I'd worked all my life. My father put me to work in the, in the warehouse, of a steel warehouse, an industrial supply house. I worked with people of all varieties, all colors, all backgrounds. And uh, uh, from the time I could look over the counter, I was back there in that warehouse. I didn't get to work in the office. Of course, it wasn't air-conditioned, nothing was. And every summer they'd put me up in the apex of, of a black uh, corrugated metal uh, warehouse to count the lanterns and the ladders. <laughs> they, they took a lot of space, so they were up there in the rafters. I'd come out of there, I was so wet, uh, you couldn't have gotten me wetter if I'd have jumped in the lake. And uh, I, I knew how these people felt. I knew how they reacted. I knew what was going on. I'd gone to sea in the Merchant Marine. I'd, I'd been with all the crew and all the officers. I knew uh, where, where they came from. I'd been an, an enlisted man in the Army. I had gone back to school and been Cadet Colonel of Air Force ROTC, the first one. And uh, I had spent 10 years in the, uh, in the uh, reserve with the Air Force. I had, uh, I had been a bank uh, director. I had been uh, a, a director of, uh, of a uh, grove operation. I had uh, run two, two orange groves and uh, my father was in the cow business. I'd spent all my life, uh, half in the city, half in the country. I had been around country people all my life. I knew country people. My folks were country people. I was a country person. My mother was a country lady. And uh, wonderful people, just so smart and so beautifully uh, built to serve others and to be uh, just a servant of God and a servant of their fellows. How did what you learned during the first 10 years impact the second 10 years? Well, I was pretty good. <laughs> I got pretty good. I'll have to confess it. 
Did you have the same motivations? I'm not under oath, but (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, uh, the jury was what I was after. I remember Dick Bates, who practiced with me for 10 years, 20 years, and uh, went all over Central Florida with me uh, trying lawsuits. He would say, why do you push judges so hard? You know, be nice to the judge. I said, well, he's sworn to do his duty. I'm not interested in him. I'm interested in her. There weren't very many hers then. I'm interested in the jury. I'm trying the case to the jury. And if he gets in my way, uh, he and I are going to have trouble. I'm going to run right over him if I can. And because uh, I'm tr- trying the case to the jury. And some judges just didn't like it if you took over the courtroom from them. It was their courtroom. Well, who gave it to them? You know, it's the people's courtroom, my courtroom. He and I, he's got his duties, I've got mine. We're both officers of the court. And uh, I was after the jury. And, uh, and, and uh, that, that was my focus in a jury trial. And uh, I tried a case one time, and uh, a Ph.D. head of the English department at Rollins College, uh, Catherine Abby Hanna, was on the jury. And uh, Judge uh, uh, Terry Patterson at uh, break said, you know, uh, 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 Dr. Hannah's about to jump out of her skin. I said, what have I done to her? He said, your theory of this case is who hit who. (laughs) Every time you say that, she flinches. And I said, I know Dr. Catherine Abby Hannah is on my side already. I just know that. I'm talking to the other jurors. And if I say who hit whom, uh, they'll look at me uh, like I'm putting on some airs or something. And and so, uh, yeah, yeah, I knew how to talk to them, and at least I thought I did. So in in the first first third of your, uh, your professional practice, um, what were some of the primary motivations that you've had? Well, I wanted to amount to something. I wanted to amount to something. You wanted to build an identity for yourself? I wanted to be somebody, yeah. How did you go about doing that? Well, same way I've done everything else. I just outworked them. And, uh, you know, they say love makes the world go round. Love doesn't make the world go around. Uh, love makes you think the world is going around, but uh, work makes the world go around. So my mantra has always been work. Uh, work like it all depends on work and pray like it all depends on prayer. And uh, I'll tell you, I've done that. Uh, I've told people all my life, <laughs> one, of, one of my original thoughts, is that uh, they'll never get prayer out of schools as long as there are exams. <laughs> and they won't get prayer out of the courtroom uh, as long as we have trials. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, again, the uh, first 10 years of practice, I figured you practiced on your clients. The second 10 years, you practiced for your clients. 
After that, you practice for yourself. And I would tell all the young lawyers that came through our firm, and Lord knows there were a raft of them, great young people, great lawyers, marvelous citizens, outstanding personalities. Uh, we had the, the biggest trial team in, in this area. Uh, we had Jim Scow, former professional football player, 6'5", 250 at least. Uh, Jeff Clark, 6'5", 300 at least. Uh, retired Colonel in the Marine Corps Reserve now. And other guys, Dave Rogers, Fred Peed, uh, on and on and on the list goes, Duncan Dowling, uh, all these stalwarts, uh, heavyweights. And I tell each one of them, listen, every time you do anything in the practice of law, you're practicing for your client, you're practicing for your firm, and you're practicing for yourself. And before you know it, you'll have a reputation. And where it comes from, nobody knows. Uh, how it forms, nobody knows. But everybody knows that it does form and it does develop. And if you want to have a good reputation, don't you ever do anything shoddy. Don't you ever do anything second class. Don't you do anything from the hip. You be prepared or, or don't go. <laughs> Let somebody else who can do it correctly go. But if you're going to be in this firm, you're going to be ready, you're going to be prepared, and, and you're going to be durable. You're going to have to work hard. And, uh, and we expect out of you what you're capable of doing. And we wouldn't have you here unless we knew you were capable of doing a first-class job. Hey, Leon, now getting into the, the latter part of your, your professional life cycle and in terms of what you were doing in your practice in the later years, how important was contribution and helping uh, other lawyers grow and develop? Well, I, I tried to help in every way I could. And one thing was to give them responsibility. Uh, say, this is your matter. I'm here to help in any way, but this is your matter. You are responsible uh, to the firm and to the client and to yourself to know what to do. And if you don't know what to do, ask somebody and we'll be glad to help you. But uh, you need to learn what you're dealing with. Now, you know, every trial case is, uh, except for criminal trials, and maybe estates, et cetera, that type of thing, uh, is in somebody else's backyard. Uh, property law, that's different. But trial work, you're trying a matter that's in somebody else's backyard. You need to know the language that they speak. You need to know uh, what goes on in that world. You need to know something about driving a truck. If you've never driven a truck, you don't know what truck drivers do, <laughs> what truck drivers think. And, uh, and, and, and you need to be prepared you need to find out what's going on. If you're 
trying a case about uh, jewelry, you need to learn something about jewelry. If you're trying a medical case, you need to know something about medical. I thought I'd spent a year uh, of, uh, of my life, uh, wasted it, uh, and I found out when I got out of law school, I plunged immediately into, uh, into personal injury work. First case I walked over with Mr. Maxwell Wells. The, uh, there was the record, and I was looking through the record, and I saw placebo, 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 placebo. This doctor was testifying, this woman was in such pain that they had to build a, a platform, a, 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 a holder of the bedclothes. She couldn't stand the bedclothes even touching her skin. And I'm looking at all these placebos, and uh, placebos for pain, in quotes. And uh, I said, Mr. Wells, my God, look at, look at this. Look at these placebos. What the hell is a placebo? And I said, it's a pink pill for pale people. Sugar pill. Huh? Is it? I said, yeah. And he said, Dr. Hicks? Dave Hicks, wonderful man, just a wonderful man. Uh, have you seen the hospital record? And Dr. Hicks says, not lately. Well, take a look at it. Dr. Hicks saw the, all the nurses' notes. He said, Joanna, I've been testifying about the wrong lady. <laughs> Lunch break. Uh, Judge said, well, we'll take a lunch break. Uh, I said, uh, Mr. Wells said, Dr. Hicks, I want you to come back after, after lunch. Of course. Well, Dr. Hicks didn't come back, and neither did the plaintiff's lawyer. <laughs> the judge told us. They called and said they they're taking uh, an answer. And, uh, and that was... At that time, lawyers put on their doctor, and the defense put on their doctor. And uh, the plaintiff's doctor said that the car was black, and the defense lawyer said the car was white. <laughs> and you argued which one of them was more persuasive. And cross-examining doctors, it just wasn't that. But now, you know, lawyers, uh, a good lawyer will know uh, a lot about the issue. Uh, I, I had the joy of serving as Orange County Bar President, as uh, the Junior Bar President here, as uh, uh, the Chairman of the uh, immediately uh, established uh, legal aid, uh, served on the Board of Governors of the, of the State Bar and was fortunate enough to be uh, run through all the chairs and be president of what we call the Junior Bar. And I had a wonderful time doing it. Everybody owes their profession part of their time, energy, and talent. And uh, it's our obligation to do it. And not someone else. It's up to us. If not us, uh, who will do it? 
and uh, and it's also uh, good to have uh, interests outside the bar. I've been a bank president. I've been chairman of the board of a bank. I've been chairman of the board of an industrial supply company. I've been uh, uh, in the cattle, cattle business until I sold out several years ago. I've been uh, I've run two orange groves, and uh, I, I tell you, there's just absolutely nothing like having a. Uh, experience in the world. Uh, us, us lawyers ought to be accomplished and we ought to be accomplishers. Uh, my people would tell people why not to do something. And I would say to them, look, uh, they know what they're doing. They know more about their business than we do. Our task is to help them do what they feel they need to do or what they want to do, not to tell them why they shouldn't. So we're helpers. We're here to help others. We're here to serve others. And by serving, uh, you end up uh, being appreciated. And... Uh, our country was established on the proposition, and then I'm through, uh, of uh, no aristocracy. No aristocracy. Uh, they, they came from an area where if your father was a, was a shoemaker, you became a shoemaker. He a farmer, you were a farmer. Over here, uh, this country was established on the proposition that there no, there's no limit to what you can be if you are willing to do what is necessary. And uh, everyone needs heroes. So aristocracy became the lawyers, the doctors, the teachers, the ministers, the government officials. They, they were our, our aristocracy. And why? Not because we envied them, but because we appreciated the fact that by reason of hard work, dedication, self-denial, postponing of uh, many enjoyable things, they were in a position to help others. And by helping others, they created a society that respected them and appreciated them for their effort and their skills and their service. And unfortunately, each one of those has lost a lot of the glitter. Uh, and, and that's too bad. Our profession should be a part of the community in the community, helping the community, building the community, being a part of the leadership because we are all born leaders. And leadership is something you're born with, like being a fisherman. Uh, my uncle Etheridge, you mentioned fish to him and he'd stop right where he was and his mule Charlie would sit, stand there in the middle of the row 
until he got back that evening to carry Charlie and and and, and feed him. And, and uh, Charlie knew when he heard the word fish that he just stopped. And my father never went a line. And, uh, and so uh, leadership is something that we have inherently. And it's our obligation to use it for the welfare of the community, the churches, the Eliamasonary institutions, the uh, charities in the community, uh, and and uh, uh, the uh, the uh, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, uh, Indian guides, uh, all these wonderful things. You have an obligation to your family, and don't neglect that. Uh, one of my regrets is that I did not spend enough time with my children. I had a wonderful wife. She raised them, four of them and uh, did a wonderful job. I was working. And uh, I say, uh, I started practicing when we had no, a very little help. We had no electric typewriters. <laughs> we had no interstates. We had no Xerox. Uh, we had no computers, obviously. We had, we had no cell phones. and. We had to work. We had to dig all this stuff up. You can just push a button now, and it all pops out. All the wisdom of the world is is in your pocket, and uh, and I envy you. I envy your. Uh, my future's behind me, and uh, but I envy you the wonderful life you're going to live, that you're already living, and your wonderful life of service that you're going to have as a practicing lawyer. Wow, that is just incredibly fortunate that we have the practice of law. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Leon.